Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of, well, the first edition of NXT Then, Now, Forever. Um, I want to apologize to the people out there. Uh, last week, I had a bunch of audio technical difficulties. I had some audio technical difficulties today. Um, got them straightened out. It, but with us, we have Jeremy Donovan of Social Suplex fame, of Keeping the Strong Style fame, of Suplex Mania fame. Any other <laughs> fame you have, uh, Jeremy? <laughs> Uh, John Juris fame. <laughs> yes, John Juris. I forgot about that. I'm sorry. A thousand apologies. Fuck it. Okay. So, um, just to give a recap to people, we're just going to go run through and review um, NXT from this week five years ago, and then we're going to review this week's NXT. Um, I learned a lot of lessons from all this stuff with Caleb in the loss initial episode and also with uh, Rich on the makeup edition that we did over the weekend. We're just going to run through this thing. I'm not going to do all the moves. We'll be here forever. If you want to watch all the moves, watch the show. <laughs> so, um, here we go. I am so sorry, Emma. I mean, I, I hate losing. You must be devastated. And to lose twice? Uh, you have my number, though, right? Call me if you need a shoulder to cry on. If you want to have, you know, just a girl's lunch. I'm here for you if you need me. NXT number 211 from March 6, 2014. We get a video recap of NXT arrival and includes an off-air promo with Cena congratulating Neville and says that one day uh, he'll see him in the ring. Uh, come to find out they had one match and one match only. It was from a Raw in 2015. I think it was like May and Neville actually won by DQ. Was it a, was it a U.S. Open Challenge? Yes, it was. Yes, mm. it was. I'm And because it's around that time, I f- believe that he got the DQ because Kevin Owens probably cheated yeah. and helped him. Or beat, yeah. beat him down. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyway, um, after that recap, out comes Neville, and we end up getting Adrian Neville versus Camacho. Yes. <laughs> Better known now as Tangaloa. One half yes. of the Gorillas of Destiny. One half of the current IWGP <laughs> <laughs> Heavyweight Tag Champions. <laughs> I, I saw him come out, and I just could not believe it. And he, whatever. Uh, long story short, uh, Neville, Neville, like a jerk, insists that they shake hands. Camacho doesn't want no doesn't want no parts of it. He kicks him in the gut. Uh, Neville quickly recovers off the ropes and hits a springboard crossbody. Uh, Camacho starts lighting him up with some chops. Neville fires back with punch kicks and um, uh, a shotgun um, drop kick from off the second rope and then hits the radar off for the win. Nice little match. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Camacho back then compared to now, uh, Jeremy? Um, I would say he's, pro- I think he's better now than he was back then. I feel like 
he was just kind of one of those dudes in the performance center that <laughs> that they claim that they're teaching all this stuff to, but they really weren't getting better. I mean, he was a guy that was called up to SmackDown with uh, Hunico, Hunico and they yes. did the whole you know Mexican gang gimmick and. <laughs> <laughs> the, I remember that. thinking at the time like his whole gimmick is that he's a cholo or vato. That's it. He's essay. That's it. Like he he could have been like obviously this is WWE, so there's no continuity crossover with uh WCW. But he said like, oh yeah, like that's uh that's Conan's like little, little nephew. You'd be like, oh, okay. That's K Dog's little nephew. All right, gotcha. Like it was just they did yeah, the bare minimum like with them dudes. Yeah, I felt like they were trying to do like a knockoff, like almost like an LAX kind of thing, uh, from TNA. But yeah, just just kind of fell flat. And eventually, you know, he he got back down to NXT. Hunico became the new Sankara, and so he was just kind of <laughs> <laughs> stuck stuck in NXT and. Yeah, I mean, you can see this this match was like a pretty much like a basic like performance center match. Like Camacho did the very basic holds and moves, got a little heat on uh Neville, and then Neville came back, put that boy away, and it was over. <laughs> yeah. Uh I, I was just like, wow. I completely forgot that he was in, he was even in that era with them. But yeah, uh yeah. just move on from there. Uh but uh Dude, real quick, did you notice how like quiet the crowd was during this match? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, um, like I believe that these tapings were done like, like right after, like on the same night as Arrival. Like Arrival oh. aired, and then they come out after afterward and do more Got stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because the way they did this stuff, like that's the only explanation for it. And then you look in the crowd and you see like Mojo Riley's parents who were in last week's, um, or arrival that were that whole section that, that, that I guess the hype section, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like they were also there. Like, I don't think they stayed for a week. Gotcha. I didn't, I thought they filmed it the next day. Maybe that's what it was too. Uh, gotcha. but it, maybe that's what it was. But, um, I don't know. I decided to wear wear that out there again. I, it's bad enough for you out there wearing it the first time. Like, <laughs> like, look, I I I I have uh, done the whole rap thing, uh, or not me personally. Like, I've done the whole rap label thing. Rich has done the rap thing. He's still doing the rap thing. I have been. I've had family members. I have friends that 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 have done rapping. Do do the rapping. I've worn plenty of stuff that I was. I did. You know, like. Oh, what's that? And like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a rap thing. Like, so, but, but at least the, the people that I was friends with, like, they're actually good rappers. Mojo Riley, as far as like the wrestling, mm, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're proud of their baby boy. <laughs> I guess so. So, so, anyway, uh, from there, after the match, Neville continues, um, Never gets a post-match interview with Renee, and uh, she asks him, um, "How do you describe last week?" And he says, "Indescribable. He's been doing this for ten years. And this most and last week was the most amazing um, night of his life." He says that the title is validation to and a message to everyone that anything is possible. And then he does the like, "This had to be 
like wrote with the mind of like, if it's a man sees this guy. So he says, look at me. I'm not your prototypical champion. I'm not the biggest guy. And let's be honest. I look like a crazy, like some crazy elf man. I'm from a small town in Northeastern England that no one's ever heard of. And the accent, let, be honest, Renee, can you understand what I'm saying? And then Renee lay, lays in a cute little kinda. And then he goes on and says, you know, sometimes I don't even know what I'm saying either. And, uh, then he goes on to say, however, however, uh, if you can question how I look, how I talk, but you can't question what I do in this ring because of this NFC title is proof that I am the best in this ring. And he says that, uh, Oh, he says the best thing that he could do that he did last week was to make sure that there was no more bow. And then the crowd pops and chants, no more bow, no more bow. Then bow comes out. He congratulates him on winning the title, but says that you won a ladder match. You didn't pin me and I'm going to get my rematch. He actually says specifically, I'm going to cash in my rematch and I'm going to bring the title back to my bow leavers. And then he says it's bow time. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> so... <laughs> so yeah, so then we go backstage. We get a, a quick interview with Emma Renee asking um, asking her about what's on her mind after she lost. She says that, you know, uh, she, Paige is a, is a talented champion and she's got some respect from Paige and now they're even friends. And then all of a sudden, who walks up? Woo! Richard Fleer. You know, <laughs> Richard Fleer this week. So, Emma, so Flair ends up congratulating Emma for the match and then immediately belittles her and page and it puts over Charlotte as the next NXT women's champion narration note. He was right. Yes. <laughs> so Flair, Flair had the vision. Yes. Yeah. So then he walks so in Charlotte walks in looking like a towering six foot Amazon arms, just jacked, uh, <laughs> uh, looking like the future, literally. So, uh, and that's also true. Uh, so then she says, uh, she ends up playing this great Hollywood mean girl act, like just saying her, telling Emma, like, she doesn't know how it feels to lose, let alone lose twice, and ask Emma if you, you have my number right. Just give me a call and we can go get lunch. <laughs> just the best. So then Emma walks off pissed, and then Rick and Charlotte laugh at each other, just successful after playing mind games. Uh, uh, then commentary tells us that this week we're going to get Emma versus Charlotte because that was a promo after last week's arrival. Um, then we get a WrestleMania 30 commercial. We get a, then we get a page interview and she says that she knew she was going to win, but Emma gave her a hell of a fight and she respects her. So now they're friends and she welcomes all challengers and then walks. Guess who else walks in now this time, Jeremy Richard Flair. Yes. <laughs> he called Miss page by saying that she has come light years and is by his estimation. Awesome. A great champion. Then says that page has, uh, Charlotte to look for as forward to as the next champion or the future and then walk charlotte they go face to face uh and pa- says that page uh title days are numbered um then we get a shot of commentary and it's a four person team yeah you had what regal renee young byron saxon and tom phillips yes um <laughs> And my notes, I wrote down uh, Youth Minister Tom Phillips, and <laughs> and I said to Renee, I said Renee Young before they stole pieces of her soul. <laughs> yeah. So I, wait, real real quick before we go on, back on the Flair and Charlotte. Like after seeing those two promos, it made me just really miss like Flair being her manager on screen, 
and I'm thinking like how great like he would be being her manager like right now of her like being a heel again. Well, yeah, at this point it would be just awesome. It would almost be like um well, I won't say to this extent, but it'd be kind of the same thing as when like you had Owens and Jer- Jericho together or you had CM Punk and Hammond together, or you had like Mr. Perfect and back in the day, uh, painting together. When you have a heel that can do a give deliver an excellent heel performance on the mic, and then just just put more you know heat on top of heat, you also have yeah. like a, a heater that doesn't <laughs> wrestle as well. So, because Charlotte at this point, like her promo game is there, like she has she you look at what she did in. Uh, on this to now and she's light years beyond it as a heel before she was just like she knows what to do roughly because like you know she's watched wrestling for a while because of her dad and her dad was a you know mostly career heel but it wasn't really how she tapped into it her own way now it's like all of the overacting and like on purpose and then like the, it's just so so evil and annoying like she's <laughs> so good at being annoying yeah. um yeah so yeah, they do the Emma match. The first thing I see is Sasha Banks with brown hair, and I just like, oh my god, I totally forgot about like that year, six months when she didn't have colored hair like crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, we also had uh, when Emma made her entrance, he had a uh, William Regal doing the Emma dance out yes, there for, yes. <laughs> for the commentary Which is table. Like, that's his gimmick now because he did that at a rival, and then Renee joined in because she knows that McMahon's loved them some dancing. Yeah. So. I gotta say, man, that the goofy Emma gimmick was pretty over in full sale here. Like, the crowd came alive when she came out there. It was totally over. And you watch that match the week before on Rival, and you're like, okay. And it just died a thousand deaths on, on the main roster. Like, yeah. she... I mean, she came up DOA. They didn't even try to like give her any credibility as a as with wins or try to put her on an angle with somebody with that has a name or anything. They just like, oh, she's out here and she'll just wrestle. Yeah. Like, when will she actually like get her? When are you going to position her to actually you know transition and like be a part of the of the show? Never. Yeah. She's just out here to wrestle and do the and dance, dance. And blow, blow bubbles. Yeah, and then they looked up and was like, you know what? You know, she's actually kind of, like, hot. <laughs> Let's try to do something with it. And if by that point, it was, like, too late. Yeah. And she was out there stealing, so. So, anyway, match starts. We get loud uh, Emma chants. The crowd then chants Sasha's ratchets because she's black and they're racist. Uh, Emma gets <laughs> Emma gets control with a hammer lock. The crowd chants better than Batista because they hate Batista at the time because the Daniel Bryan WrestleMania 30 thing. Um, Charlotte gets shot into the corner and then tries to go open up and over Emma but falls to the mat on her ankle. Emma goes for a quick cover, doesn't get it. Uh, Sasha goes up to the apron to check on Charlotte and ends up distracting the ref and uh, Emma. So Charlotte nips up and hits her finish and natural selection for the win. Just co- come straight into the game. You're definitely Ric Flair's daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. They were playing heavy on the, the the Flair relationship. Call her the dirtiest diva in the game. She, yeah, he's like you mentioned. She sells the fake ankle injury, um, pops in the natural selection, makes Emma the geek, and just gets <laughs> <laughs> gets her out of there. Yeah, so you go backstage, you get a uh, Sami Zayn interview, and he says absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> um. 
we go backstage and we see Corey Graves somewhere by like a uh, somewhere in some hallway. Um, and we, end up, we come back, we end up getting Yoshitatsu versus Corey Graves. Graves cuts his promo about Sami Zayn being undeserving of his rematch with Cesaro, says he's injury prone and never beats anyone. Then Graves says that he would beat Cesaro if given the opportunity. So, and on the, on the way, he ended up throwing some shots at, at uh, Yoshitatsu, too. Match starts. Graves immediately rolls out the ring and fakes like he's going to take the count out. Comes back like he's been, like he thinks second of it, and then he thinks the third time I'm about to roll out. Yoshi, dumbass, goes after Graves. Graves suckers him <laughs> in, clotheslines him to the ground, get, pulls him up, throws him to the still steps, and rolls to the ring and takes a count out of victory. <sighs> yeah, I, I wrote in my notes, Tatsu fell for the bait like a geek. <laughs> yeah, yes, total... Like, okay, so you know how on the LLP show we have, we have a LeBron James U-Bum of the week, right? Yeah, yeah. So, since this is a developmental brand, I suggest that uh, I, I'm going to make a, uh, depending on the year, every, every year it'll change, the top prospect in, in, the NBA or in college or whatever, we will use him as a stand-in for the current day NXT U-Bum of the week. But this is the retro show. This is five years ago. I got to answer for that. I know who the, who was the top prospect back then. It was Carl Anthony Towns. So uh, until the next draft class passes over, <laughs> Yoshitasu, you are the Carl Anthony Towns you bum of the week for this. <laughs> yeah. Also, I wrote down. I remember how much I hated his music. It was just like this. I was like, oh my gosh, it's horrible. Oh, you smell Yoshi? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, stereotypically Japanese, like, oh, you, okay, so, what are the percent chances that Vincent Man doesn't call uh, Yoshitatsu a Japanese? <laughs> or Shinsei Nakamura, a Japanese. Not Japanese, a, a Japanese. Yeah. 5%? <laughs> lower? <laughs> higher? A lot. Very high, I'm sure he does. <laughs> oh, <laughs> We need that Japanese on the roster, pal. Or, or is he like somebody that we know that I'm not going to, I'm not going to divulge names. Uh, Call them a uh, Oriental. Uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. That's exactly where I was going. He, <laughs> moving on. So, uh, we we get a back or we get a exclusive with this phenomenon known as Adam Rose, dude. It was at this moment where I realized the Charlotte, the Charlotte nip up spot. Adam Rose's debut. Oh my God! I actually watched this episode of NXT before. <laughs> yeah, so did I. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, they they I forgot who it was. I, I don't think it was Renee. Whoever they interview, they go to a club to go find Adam Rose. All of a sudden, you see this giant hulk, hulking bodyguard. It's motherfucking Braun Strowman. <laughs> And if you also, if you pay attention to, there's some other people in there. You know, they had Alexa yes. Bliss was sitting next, next to him. Yes. Yeah, they had Kalisto out there, just like yes, sweat. as a male stripper, like literally, <laughs> literally like a cage. Da- he's a cage dancer. Yeah, Except there was uh, no cage. <laughs> they had Elias out there. Um, I didn't see Elias. Yeah, Elias was in there. Uh, Becky Lynch, Simon Gotch. Becky Lynch. I saw Simon Gotch. Becky Lynch is in there. Yeah. Damn. I seen the red hair. I was like, damn. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, and he's doing his whole thing of you know, don't be a lemon, be a le- be a rosebud, and he, you know, his whole thing. He's basically a rock star. So, um, 
they go to commercial and they say they'll come back for that. Maybe they do. Yeah, they do. Um, uh, we end up getting a recap of Rusev whooping that ass on, uh, on, on Xavier <laughs> Woods and, and Tyler Breeze last week during uh, Arrival. Uh, Xavier Woods says, next week I want to match with you. Uh, Rusev gets the interview. He says he accepts. So I already know what's going to happen to him. He's going to get that ass whooped. Yep. Um, get these hands. <laughs> yeah, so out comes Adam Rose. Adam Rose has a match with Blake. Yeah, What's Blake's Wesley first Blake. name again? Oh, Wesley forget. Blake. Did you say Rusty Blake? Wesley. Wesley Blake. See, <laughs> I mean, see, that's why he's forgotten son. I can't remember his name for shit. You just told me I couldn't remember. Um, yeah. Typical squash match. He does goofy, silly comedy stuff. The crowd's popping off of it. Blake, Blake is a looks like a full jag. Uh, he ends up hitting him with a clothesline for the finish, and it wasn't a clothesline for Hill. He hit that man with a normal-ass clothesline and pinned yeah. him. Yeah, dude, but his entrance got over on night one. Yes! Got, this is awesome chance. Yes! From, from his entrance. Yes! I remember watching this because Rich was like, bruh, you gotta watch the next week's episode after Arrival because they brought this dude out. He has his crazy entrance. He's a they made him a star on the first night, and I was like, "Okay, I believe it." If you want to see it, I watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, bro, that's it. That is it." And remember when we so wrong? Oh my gosh! Yeah, dude, I thought this man was gonna be a star. Yes, dude, pop, dude, the the huge pop for his entrance. The crowd was totally into the gimmick. He they was out there. It. Yeah, he was doing like the Yano. I loved break. it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Dude, yeah, I, dude, I was I, I was a rosebud back then, man. I was like, yeah, dude, this Adam, this Adam Rose guy, he's gonna go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, now yeah, he went to develop. He went to the unemployment line. That's where he went to. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think the last I heard about him was when he um he thanked WWE for the times that like, they they paid for his rehab or whatever. That's probably like a month or two ago. So, um, I, I think they, yeah, there were like pictures of him and like, he had put some weight back on. Like he's actually looks pretty good right now, but, um, that's kind of the last thing I've ever heard from him. Uh, yeah. So after this match, we ended up getting the main event. Do you have notes on the main event? Yeah. So it was, first of all, it was made by general manager. JBL. Yes. <laughs> uh, the perfect person you want in the hands of the future of your business. I, 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 yeah, like, I mean, keep in mind, you look at the overall history of NXT, like, they even had, my, they had Michael Cole when he was doing the Hill Cole thing or whatever, all those years ago when he was out here, like, the worst, comp, the worst of his tenure, right? The worst of his illustrious <laughs> ten, tenure in WWE. So, I mean, it's been in worse hands. I, I think, I, I wonder, was Regal the third GM or was there someone between, like, all of that too? No, I think Regal came after immediately after JBL. Right, but was there somebody between JBL and Michael Cole though? I don't. If there was, I don't remember. My God, I hope not. <laughs> like, who could have been behind? Like, I don't know. Who could have possibly? Have, who could have possibly have been? Um, I, I, whatever. Um, yeah. but yeah. So it's uh, Corey Graves versus Sami Zayn. You know, obviously, uh, Sammy told Corey earlier in the night, like, if you want a match, we can do this right here. So, JBL makes a match, and we have Graves versus Sami Zayn. Um, 
pretty much most of the match, Graves is working over um, Sammy's leg that was hurt from the arrival match with Cesaro. And I wrote my note, I was like, Sammy's leg doesn't seem to hurt that much because <laughs> Graves works his leg the whole match, yet Sammy is literally running and jumping and diving and flipping all over the place without selling the leg at all. Uh, it started off as a basic uh, PC match, but it picked up towards the end. Uh, Zane ends up catching Graves with a roll-up. Uh, Graves is going for like a Death Valley driver, and Zane rolls him up and gets the win. Yeah, I I saw that, and then I thought to myself about all of the great times on the main roster where Sami Zayn has sold injuries, and I thought, like, that would be a directive, don't sell. There's yeah. no other explanation for that. Because you, you go watch the Cesaro match, he's selling his leg throughout the entire match. He's getting dragon screw legged whipped and knee cranked and stretch mufflered and... Uh, uh, single leg crabs and all that kind of stuff and he's great and then you also see him you know Kevin Owens match uh, in Battleground 2016 selling the um, selling the shoulder after that botch or whatever there's no there's no way that he would have done that unless they yeah. told him I, I'm wondering if it was a case where like there wasn't communication between the agents and the commentators like the commentators got like one story like you know, Zayn's going to be selling the leg, and then the agent was like, you know, just have a regular match, and don't worry about it. That could be it, but, I, I mean, if that's the case, then you need to just, uh, what do they do? Like, like sometimes when, um, like, Morrow or whoever else is in, has to do it from remote or whatever, they basically yeah. add in the commentary post-production. Why yeah, they do, do like, that then, to save it, they, because that's that was, you know, weird. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they didn't care enough back then about it, and they were like, "Ah, oh, whatever. People are not gonna make a big deal." Yeah, and I mean, it was—I uh, mean, it was an okay show. It's one hour. I mean, they, they were doing a lot of table setting with like introdu- introducing Charlotte as basically like the third woman of the division for people that just came in uh, from the network era. Um, the, the Rusev thing, like you know, he's out of the door pretty soon. Um, yeah, but he's wrapping up, but. They pretty much treated it like the top two stars on this show or on this brand are Sami Zayn, Neville, and what are we like six months away? More than yeah, that? yeah, yeah, six months that. away from the culture yeah. tour. So, um, I think they're doing a good job on that front. What do you uh, think about uh, Corey Graves? He looks like a fake tough guy. Says tattoos. <laughs> Yeah, um, he's a much was, better promo now than he will, ever was then, or talker. Uh, you know, it's not a promo necessarily, but um, yeah, like the pause, like the pausing is kind of like unnatural. Like you can't pause like that in front of a WWE crowd if they don't like you, because you'll get what out the building and then you have to go into crowd control mode. Um, Graves, he's done a few over there, like when he's doing the stuff with Angle two years ago. Like he doesn't. He knows how to. He's far more polished as a talker in front of live audiences now. Um, maybe it was a situation where um, smaller crowds, so you'd have to worry about it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think he's a lot better. Um, I, I feel like he's a better actor too. Um, but I don't know if that's because he's not actually trying to play a tough guy. He's playing a tough-looking guy because of the tattoos and the weird hair, and always never shaved stubble 
Um, yeah. Was he any good? I don't think he I, th- I thought he was like average, like a jag almost. I, I thought he was, he was a little bit above a jag. I remember like liking him from like the FCW shows I would go to. Okay. And I thought he had some potential, but then, you know, had all the concussion issues. Oh, I thought it was a neck for back or something, but okay. Concussions. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, well, we'll be right back with the current edition of NXT. It is time. It's time. Tonight. It is time. Oh, word. What time of year is that? For the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Tag Team Classic. Welcome back. We're going to hit you with this week's edition of NXT. Uh, I can't remember the number. Do you have the number on cha- on hand by any chance, Jeremy? Uh, I don't have the number. I just have the date. Okay, well... Anyway, it was the March uh, 8th, 2019 edition of the NXT. Um, they lay out the card for, um, or lay out the bracket for the uh, Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. Uh, and then we end up starting off with a match of Ricochet and Aleister Black versus the, is it the European Union? Yeah, European I, Union, Fabian right. Eichner and uh, Marcel Bartel. Yeah. Yeah, so... We end up getting um, a back and forth match, a lot of a lot of striking, a lot of big moves, and I, I this match is really good, but you you kind of knew what was going to happen, like you know that the 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 champions, the former champions, are going to go over them. It was a great match though, like I I think that this is one of my favorite matches in NXT, but yeah, um, back and forth action, nonstop action, um, but at the end. Black ends up winning with the with the black mask, the spinning back fist, or spinning back kick, rounds kick of justice. Yeah, and it, it came out. <clears throat> excuse me, it came out of nowhere because like um, Fabian Eichner was like on the attack, and then they were trading. Yeah, yeah they were trade. They were trading blows, and like Eichner fired up, and then Black just bam, black mask put him away. Uh, yeah, this was, this was a really great match. I mean, this was a sprint. This was an eight minute sprint from these guys, and they just went out here and just went balls to the wall. Um, and I think it kind of, you know, made Gabe Sapolsky look good because, you know, Gabe had, <laughs> uh, had uh, Fabian Eichner as the Evolved Champion uh, a few months ago. And a lot of people were complaining, like, why do you pick Eichner? And I think Eichner showed a lot in this match. I did, I did not know that. But, yeah, um, I remember Rich, I want to say, about like a, maybe like six, seven weeks ago, he was saying something about, like, I, he was saying, like, Eichner is not, you know, Kind of like the thing with Dijakovic before, like, a month ago. It's like, he's not really... Or before Royal Rumble. It's just like... Right. They had, they had the training wheels on him. Yeah. The full training wheel offense. They out here running the Veer offense. The Veer... <laughs> running Veer option. And um and then all of a sudden they say, you know what? We're going to come out here and shotgun four receivers. And we're just going to throw it down the field. And it... Yeah. So, um, I want to say... Uh, probably like the week after the UK takeover, um, they had a match on, on, um, I think the week after, um, Eichner and, and Bartel, and it was like, oh, all the training wheels are off, and that was my first time seeing this, I was like, I don't know what to tell you, Rich, like, <laughs> this, this dude's raw, and then, yeah. you know, he's came along on it, because he's now starting to see that, like, they're starting to get done with that foolishness, like, they need to stop doing that. Like, you come in and be unimpressive. Like, I what's the point? Well, the weird thing is, like, so his CWC match was raw. Like, he was doing all the raw stuff. In he was in the CWC? 
Yeah, he was, that was his debut in the Cruiserweight Classic. Huh. And he was he was raw in that tournament, and he got eliminated like in the first round. And I was like, man, this guy's good. And then like you start seeing him on the Largo Loop and on like a TV as a jobber, and then he's just like doing the basic PC training wheel stuff on. You know, like, man, what happened to all that raw stuff we saw in the tournament? And okay. then fi- finally, like, he goes to Evolve. He beats uh, Shane Strickland in, like, a four-star match. He's having all these, like, you know, 3.75, four-star matches in Evolve. And then he's back in NXT and NXT UK. And they're like, all right, you know, you're ready. Like, we'll take the training <laughs> wheels off. Like, be raw. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, the Suns, it's uh, after that we get, um, the Forgotten Sons and Only Lurkin. Oh, I'm sorry. And, uh, I'm Jane sorry. I forgot. After after this match, we get a recap of of the awesomeness that was Lee versus Dijakovic um, last week, and they end up showing that they had some type of um, uh, confrontation in the uh, PC, and um, they're working out matches or working out in some holes and stuff. Lee is with some other guys. Um, like Gulak and I think Bugenhagen, and then all of a sudden, um, Dij- Di- I- I'm gonna call him Dijak. I can't do Dijakovic. Yeah. It keeps it's in my he's Dijak. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dijak comes out and says, "You want to finish what we started?" And then uh, there's a pull apart. They're kept away from each other, and then they say that in I think it's two or three weeks, you get Dijak Lee two Electric Boogaloo. Um, <laughs> if they get, you know. If they get a main event slot on the end of an hour or like last twenty minutes of a te- of an NXT, look out! It's gonna go. It's gonna be nuts. It's just, I already know it. I have a feeling that they might do like another like double finish, and then they do something big at Takeover. That's what they should do now. Yeah. Now that you know <laughs> this this eighteen twenty month thing that we built up. <laughs> culminated in motherfucking uh, at, at the Wrestlemania weekend is just up in smoke now then yeah. like you know I've seen people suggest do a tournament on short notice or just do a ladder match and if they go a ladder match route that'll that, that'll take a lot of guys up but then you can always just do you know um, Rodan, Rodan versus freaking Mothra so <laughs> So, like, just go out there and have a kaiju battle. So, yeah, uh, that's a possibility. I mean, that would be the tiebreaker or whatever. You do another. I mean, what can they do? Double, double count out or double, double down to ten? Yeah, yeah, double down ten. Like, uh, they can do like, the, the superplex spot. They could yeah. uh, break, break the ring. Break the ring <laughs> on NXT. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That book that. Do that. <laughs> Think all the times we think, like, you know, somebody in the book committee has heard us and suggested this and it got through. Like, listen to this one. This, this, yeah, do this. Yeah. Yeah. You have Dijak go up there and superplex Keith Lee and just boom, ring breaks down. <laughs> yeah. So uh, then we co- come out, we get uh, the Forgotten Sons versus uh, uh, L- Lorcan and Birch. So, um, the sons of the the sons of anarchy. I call them those. Call them the sons of anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The the forgotten sons they get the heat on Lorkin and then start uh, making some quick tags and uh, start laying into him uh, to, uh, with double team moves. Uh, they end up working over his back uh, really badly. Um, it gets progressively worse and worse. And then finally, they uh, he's able to tag into to Danny 
Um, he ends up cleaning up house with some German suplexes, and then um, he delivers his uh, missile drop kick that he always does and nips up. Um, Lorcan during this time, during this short, quick, uh, like clearing of the ring from Burge, is on the apron, just selling his back like he's in misery. Um, so he ends up tagging him back in, and then it's a spot where they go for their finish. The um, basically like the like the spike DDT off the shoulders, and and um, Oni can't just he can't. He can't. He just he just is done. So uh, Danny's basically out there for himself for a while until finally he t- uh, they get the heat on him, and then finally Lorcan unleashes like what is maybe the best hot tag in all of uh, all of WWE right now going, where he just like goes nuts, chops the shit out of people, um, uh, just you know, just like just what we. Basically, he's pocket Cesaro. That's the best way I can explain it. He's pocket yeah. Cesaro going nuts. It does a double blockbuster. Um, yeah, his, his hot tag is pretty much show the crowd why you were in PWG. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, um, and then from there, he goes nuts, and then they cut him off, and then they end up uh, hitting him with... I can't remember what they hit him with, but that finishes him. Uh, I think it was... Uh, so they do they do that, uh, that like reverse DDT stomp combo. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I ended up getting a win. And I was surprised because, like, Riker or Gunner, whichever one, like, they never, I thought he was going to interfere, but it's like, no, nah, we're saving that for next round. Like, we can't yeah. just have them just cheat, them, they're cheating their way all the way through the tournament. Yeah, I, yeah, I was very surprised that the Forgotten Sons won and that they won clean. I mean, Lorcan and Birch have been a consistent, consistently kind of, like, undercard push team. Yeah, they they appeared on both NXT and NXT UK. They had, they had an awesome match with Undisputed Era. Right. You'd figure they'd move those guys up, but I guess they want to give Forgotten Sons a chance. So, yeah, and and another thing about them is they had a redemption story arc where they had the match of their lives, but in the middle, Lurkin goes down because he broke his face. He's back now. They end up shooting promos when he first came back, saying that like we're going to we're going to finish what we started. Um, and like, I remember at the time when it happened, I was like, I care more about these guys after watching them have one match and them coming out and doing one like vignette, um, for the comeback, like for them going after these NXT titles. And I care about a single fucker on the raw tag team division at the time. And <laughs> yeah. I still feel that way about them. Like, I, you know, I thought they were going to do a street profits and them feud um, a few weeks ago, leading towards like one of them becomes the next contender. But we end up getting yeah. the, the Dusty, the you know, to so we can shoot our angle to get towards you know what ended up going been smoke, but whatever. Um, yeah. After the match, we end up getting uh, we end up getting a uh, Velveteen Dream. He comes out and he ta- and he talks about how awesome he is because he is awesome. And then all of a sudden, Riddle comes out. He says he wants to look. Uh, he came out here to get a close look at the title. And then, <laughs> and then Velveteen pointed the, stuck the belt out and sh- shook it in front of him like, "Here are you annoying ass. Now go, go away. Now that you see it, you can go." <laughs> so, so, it, was, it was almost like it was like almost like siblings. Like I want some. Damn, you always begging here. Take it. Right. So, but so, but then but then, but then Riddle was like, oh, and congratulations, and then Dream was like, okay, you can stay out here, like put, keep putting me over it. <laughs> okay, I missed that part. I was too busy laughing at him, being like, here with your begging ass. So <laughs> so then Riddle says, you know, I think it look good around my waist, and then 
Uh, from there, the crowd's oohing and aahing, thinking about the Austin's that would be uh, Riddle versus uh, Velveteen. And Velveteen says something and then turns it into a catchphrase about a spotlight. He snaps his fingers on top of the announce table and there's a spotlight. So he ends up winning uh, the back and forth because he's stunned on with a spotlight. <laughs> I mean, that, them, look, I don't make the rules, but them's the rules. If he, if somebody comes out here with a pre, with a pre-packaged gimmick and you fall into the booby trap and he uses it on you, I'm sorry, you lost. You, you, yeah. gotta, you know, that doesn't mean you can't, you know, win the match or win the title, but you lost this one. You just got to walk back there with your head held in shame. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Valentine was like, you are not my bro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was, do, you, do, do, do you remember the James Baldwin? Like, I am not your Negro. That was almost like, I am not your bro. Nah, bro. We're not doing this. So. Also, he said, "He said you must be on cloud nine. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. The weed. Yeah. Stay Riddle off on the weed. The weed. Yeah. So, <laughs> so then we get a sit down interview with, with EO and and Kyrie, um, and they they both build up the match with um, EO and and, um, and oh my and Bianca for next week." Um, along the lines, Kyrie does mention that she too also still wants a shot at the women's title, but basically, basically, you know, it more or less says that it's EO's turn. EO then says, "You know, I'm the best, Ishiban, right?" Yeah. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I mean, after her last year in in Stardom and watching it on Stardom, um, kind of hard to argue that she's not the best female wrestler <laughs> in the world. Kind of hard, kind of hard to argue against that. Really, kind of yeah. really. Really, really, you know, um, yeah. So, so then uh, from there we end up getting uh, Mustache Mountain versus the Street Profits. Uh, Street Profits end up getting the heat early on on um, bait, um, and the seven gets a hot tag, and then you already know what that means. Once he gets his hot tag, like mm-hmm. he immediate sell mode. Like I mean, well he, <laughs> he, he he got some, he got you know he got some shots in, but then immediate sell mode. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So then uh, at uh, Angelo ends up giving um, Beta Spinebuster, and um, Montez ends up uh, jumping super high for a uh, frog splash. It looked like a finish, but I uh, ended up getting kicking out. People were that was the match was good until that spot, and then it picked up a level. Um, uh, Bait was then lifted into the electric chair, and then um, Seven Gay for a, a dragon suplex on the apron, and then uh, and then to end up cutting him off. So then, uh, Bate executed a German soup, a whole German suplex on on Dawkins that just looked like he's the strongest small man in the world. Uh, <laughs> then he ends up tagging Trent. Uh, Dawkins was uh, put into a torture rack, and then uh, Bate climbed the turnbuckles and jumped off with the flying knee, uh, burning hammer combo. As it's happening, you see that Angelo goes up like just dead weighted him like it. it <laughs> <laughs> it, it looked like bait was it, or sorry, it looked like trip it, like seven was like um it's like imagine it's watch somebody uh, uh try to pull an oak tree out of the ground by themselves like he, he gets it up and then like he's falling he's like hurry up Tyler hurry up please jump please jump <laughs> and, it, and he jumped in the mick because he's he was falling down with him like either jump now or we botching the spot and luckily right. it happened so uh they end up getting a pin and as as it's happening you see like bait or not bait, but uh, seven selling his back. So that's when I asked you, like, is there any word on whether or not he pulled something? Because that looked bad. Yeah, and, like, I haven't heard anything, but it's, it could be possible he pulled something and was able to ice it or whatever, but 
Yeah, because he literally came down like the, the the perfect moment. Because yeah, he pretty much gave out at the right time. Yes, it was a photo finish. Yeah. So, uh, we get Johnny Gargano and Dude versus uh, uh, Fish and O'Reilly. Um, Gargano comes out, then Ciampa comes out, both to their intro, individual music, and then they end up hitting the old DIY music. Um, and the, the crowd, crowd pops. yeah, crowd loses their mind. There are people up clapping, so happy, jumping up and down. Like, yes, we get this DIY reunion. Yes. So, um, they ended up, um, so anyway, uh, DIY ended up shining early in the match. Uh, Gargano flew uh, through the ropes and hit a, a tope on, and then, uh, Chomp ended up hitting a backbreaker for a two count on O'Reilly. Um, Gargano was on the apron and Fish ended up sweeping the leg. Uh, Gargano ended up, uh, busting his ass hard, uh, Undisputed ended up um, working over um, Gargano to get more and more heat. Um, they kept him just uh, isolated. Um, and then uh, Gargano ended up delivering a, DD, a tornado DDT, uh, gets a separation. He ended up uh, getting the tag. Uh, Fish tried to block the tag, but Ciampa sent him crashing to the ring steps. Uh, Ciampa tagged in and then went to work. Uh, he ends up uh, dropping um, a tower a tower of London for a two count on O'Reilly. Um, Ciampa ended up going for a series of rolling German suplexes. Uh, Gargano leapt off the apron with a dive. Um, Ciampa ended up delivering a blue thunder bomb for a near fall on, um, O'Reilly. Um, Gargano went for a slingshot spear, but, uh, but uh, O'Reilly ended up countered it and trapping him in the guillotine. Um, Ciampa ended up making a save, uh, by breaking up the submission hold, by pushing, um, fish over the top of it. Um, O'Reilly and, and Gargano ended up training some strikes and ended up going to a double down. Uh, I believe at one point during double down, Gargano hits O'Reilly and O'Reilly bounces off the bottom rope like, you know, like Ambrose style, except through the bottom rope. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. Yeah, he hit him. He bounced through the middle first. Hit him back again, and he bounced through the middle. That's right. They, they doubled down with the uh, James Boyd spot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did both hit each other at the same time with the same move. Yeah, so. Uh, let's see where I left off at. Uh, oh, okay. So, um, O'Reilly ends up, uh, tripping up Ciampa when he climbed up the turnbuckles. Uh, Fish gave Ciampa an avalanche Mikinocha driver off the top. Uh, and it was a huge, and, like, I saw how far they bounced off the mat together, and I thought, like, that might have been it. That yeah. might have been what happened. Why, like, this was a thing that he was trying to manage, and then all of a sudden it was a point of no return. Yeah. Yeah, so then um, Ciampa ends up kicking out of a sub, out of a, the pin attempt. Um, O'Reilly transitions over to an armbar. Gargano uh, ends up jumping in, making a save to break the hold. Um, then Ciampa spiked um, O'Reilly with the DDT, and then Gargano uh, ended up hitting his um, his DDT off of a after jump slingshotting off the ropes, uh, and then they ended up um, they ended up getting rid of Fish, and they ended up hitting um, their end up they're, in, they're meeting the middle finisher. And then uh, they're victorious moving to the next round. They're going to face Black Ashay. And then uh, the Warriors come out. And that's how they end the show. Um, I thought that all four of these matches were over three and a half stars. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is probably one of the best episodes of NXT. Four quality matches. I mean, all these matches were really fun. And there's a lot of great wrestling. 
from the beginning of this show to the end of this show. I thought the main event was absolutely great. Um, Fish and O'Reilly picked back up where they left off together. However, though, in the back of my mind, I was wondering how this matchup played out if it was Roderick Strong in there instead of Bobby Fish. You know, honestly, after the situa- after the conversation that me or back and forth that me and Josh had, um, I want to say that was after uh, Phoenix NXT yeah. Takeover Phoenix. Yeah, I was watching the match. It's like, okay. When is it going to reach the, the Roddy and in, in, in O'Reilly level? When is it going to get there? I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. They're in there with DIY. I'm still waiting. <laughs> yeah. and, then the match, and then the match picked up. And I was like, you know what? This is an acceptable level if the whole thing is they're trying to get to the Roddy and whatever level. Now, I would say this. Uh, I think that the striking that Roddy would provide in this match would have gotten it hotter quicker. But yeah. It was still a good ass match, and we're, we're you know we're grading greatness on a curve, right? On the on, we're grading it on a curve of greatness, and they're both great. I just think that one is better than the other, and I don't know. Like I got my matches to vouch for. I don't know matches he got to vouch for. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah man. Um, that'll wrap it up. Oh, actually, um, so. What do you think, man? Layout for next week um, or in the weeks coming up to leading up to um, take over New York. Or I'm calling it Brooklyn Five. Yeah, because they ain't gonna See, be in Brooklyn no time soon anyway. It's Brooklyn Five. Right. So yeah, it's real interesting to see who's gonna move on in the brackets next. Um, so we got Blackache against DIY, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, Black Shea there they have a tag title raw tag title match this Sunday at Fastlane and they're pretty much main roster now so you gotta think you know with Gargano and Ciampa not being on Raw and Smackdown due to Ciampa's injury how that taping plays out like if they're gonna end up continuing to push Black Shea as a team um, and then I think we got um, I think Forgotten Sons are gonna go against uh, Mustache Mountain right Yes. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, are they really trying to give this Forgotten Son thing a chance, or are we just gonna go back to you know the greatness <laughs> with uh, bait and seven? Yeah. Like, are they gonna dick around for a year with some shit that you know ain't gonna work, or are they gonna go back to greatness? Yeah. If this is WWE, or sorry, if this is the main roster. You know, um, I still think they still have the uh, Jackson Riker card to play to cheat to get themselves to advance one spot. Like, I don't think they're just going to put him in there and then, like, never use him. Like, they're yeah. protecting the dude, so, like, they can't just have him just sit there like a schmuck throughout the whole tournament until they're eliminated. Um, they have they have that card to play. Um, so, you know, I they might end up screwing um, Mustache Mountain. They yeah, they say, screw him. Goodbye. Go back to England. I I am very curious what they're gonna do with uh, undisputed era at Brooklyn, because you know they're always like a featured act on the card for pretty much every takeover. They're like one. They're like the top, one of the hottest acts, the cool heels. Yeah. Like well, what? What are one of those guys gonna be doing on that show? Well, I mean, when Roddy and O'Reilly were a team, they were always <laughs> featured. <laughs> always. Um, yeah. You know, even when Adam Cole you know, like missed a couple of uh, takeovers. Um, yeah. Now, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm curious to see now what's going to happen with the NXT title picture. We have, uh, I believe, next week they'll be doing the last set of tapings before uh, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. So we'll find out if they're going to try and do a quick uh, tournament or they're going to do a battle royal or a ladder match or something. I don't know. I guess we'll find out and see. But who who would you – what would you do for the, the NXT title match? I mean, now that it's um, it's open to everybody, honestly, I – okay, so for me, it's like, all right, we haven't seen Johnny on TV on um, TV wrestling in two weeks. So that means that he's not – he's done on the main roster at least for now, until they figure out something else for him to do, or until Tommaso comes back. So, you may as well leave him in NXT, let him still be the top guy in NXT, um, there's still more matches for him to have, he can he can have matches with uh, Riddle, um, he can have matches with Adam Cole, Has it done? they haven't done that yet, uh, there's, he hasn't done anything with Dunn. They can fly him in if he's supposed to lose the belt to um, try to belt to Walter, and he can move on to the mainstream thing or to the domestic uh, uh, take or domestic NXT. Like there's still that they can still there's still like a year worth of stuff for him to do. Um, there's still Keith Lee that they can elevate Dijakovic, you know all that. Uh, I heard a rumor that here going to move him. They're thinking of moving him to two hundred five. Which is the the dreaded nightmare. Honestly, since you know, since we like since that five star match on Almas, and people thought like he could be the next guy because look at his match and look how much the crowd loves him and look how great with babyface he is. Uh, that's always been the, the, the worry. Like he's too small. They're gonna move him, and he had a shot, but his shot just is about to sit on the operating table. Um, so. I w- if you told me what it's either two or five live or stay your ass in NXT, stay your ass in NXT. Yeah, yeah, I think Gargano's definitely a guy that could put the NXT belt on and swing him back, baby face, and he could be the top baby face in the territory with the NXT title, um, main eventing house shows. So yeah, I mean, I would definitely find a way to have Gargano. I mean, they're, they're already kind of going Gargano Champa, so I would keep Gargano in the main event. And then put him against a heel. Yeah. I mean, and the thought on that is like, there'll be Adam Cole. And I'm just like, I mean, Adam Cole just got a healthy scratch on the, on the takeover last, on the last takeover. Like now he's going to get a title shot. I mean, and it's on three weeks notice, at least like when they did that with Johnny from war games to, uh, the first war games to Philly, like he went through a number of people to get that title shot. Like a, yeah. uh, didn't he, was it a gauntlet or was it a battle royal or no not a battle royal it was either like a, a tournament or it was a gauntlet he went through to get that title match yeah he he did, he got a lot of wins going yeah. into that so I mean I I don't know like it's, it's short three weeks I mean they can do the tournament Um, I, I don't think it'd be the best thing in the world to just be beating people like that Um, right. unless you can tell storylines and the reason why certain people get beat which is the point of a tournament but you know WWE doesn't like do that with tournaments. Um, well, NXT is more of a tournament-based kind of thing they do. That, it absolutely is. I mean, yeah. that's why the Dusty Classics worked three times they've done it. Yeah. And I wouldn't be opposed against the ladder match because, like you said, that opens up the card 
to do possibly a Keith Lee and Dijak yeah. match. You could have a second. And you ain't second- got to pin nobody. Either. Right, right. Yeah. And you, you could do a secondary women's match. I mean, you could have Bailey and Sasha go back to back, have them defend the belts at TakeOver and WrestleMania. Um, they could. Um, it kind of. Uh, they could. I. Um, it kind of. Um, if they were to tell the story that whoever they're facing at WrestleMania can like um, play a role into, or could possibly play a role into like interfering in their takeover match. That I could yeah. say that'd be cool, but like if they just do it and it's like, oh yeah, like Sky Pirates, like y'all just cannon fodder to get whooped out here in a in like a four and a half star match or a four star match, and then you go out there and place like uh, Trish and Lita or um, or the Bellas, and you go out there and have a, a, a good old two star match next night. <laughs> I don't think it looks too good for the for the main roster. Um, but I mean, they could do it. I mean, who cares? I mean. If if they're going to be back on NXT, then they may as well wrestle the best. Right, and then we also we already have um, the Pete Dunn and Walter match locked yeah. in well, right. so so that does kind of help them and free them up. Because if this were just like nah, y'all got to throw everybody, um, um, like you just lost Chopper Gargano, and now you have to like fill out the rest of the card, then that would hurt. Um, but I mean, there's still things they could do. Um, Right, I mean, also, I mean, potentially they could do another NXT UK match, maybe a women's match or the NXT UK tag titles uh, with um, Gibson, the Gibson and um, Mustache, yeah, Gibson and um and uh, what's his name, James? Is it James or is it Blake or I can't remember his name. I forget. Uh, he has long yeah. hair. Yeah, he <sighs> he. Yeah, he doesn't talk. He just it's pretty much Gibson's like the main yeah, <laughs> guy yeah. on that team, the grizzled young vets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh I know. Um like I, I heard that they were trying to make this the greatest takeover ever. So I don't know. Like it's too soon for Riddle. Yeah. Well it seems like they're gonna do him and Velveteen for the North American. Right. But I mean, they also uh, tease James um, Drake is his name. That's right. So yeah. then, um, but they also like at takeover or after takeover, immediately after they when they also did the halftime heat thing, they were also teased like um, Cole versus Velveteen as well. So right. like maybe they were going in one of the two directions, or maybe it was a three way. Who knows? But um, at this point. I'm just you just left like whatever it is it ain't gonna be nearly as uh, you know as built towards or as emotional as what would have been that right. um so and there's also some of the new guys they've been signed too you know um ACH is um in the PC right now right. Uh, Trevor Lee like did they pull some of those guys out and do something with them well don't you think that would be well uh how does it normally go do they don't they normally do the Oh my God! It's Matt Riddle slash Samoa Joe or whoever else sitting ringside, and then they show up at the PC, or do they normally do PC and then that? Uh, normally they do. Normally they actually show up at the PC first, okay, and then they show up in the crowd if they're going to put them on TV. Okay. Soon. Yeah, so that might be it. Like I remember they did it with McIntyre too. I think that might be a situation where um, 
I don't know if those guys are going to be brought in that fast. Like, that's a lot. Like, if that's the case, he might as well go with Riddle Gargano then. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I want the shit, man. So, I want the shit. <laughs> so, um, that'll conclude this week's um, edition of NXT Then Out Forever on a bummer. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> we'll be back for you next week. Uh, Jeremy, you want to get some plugs? Yeah, so you can follow us at Social Suplex on Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. Also, we're in the Wrestling Squared Circle group, Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. Um, you can check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio. On Mondays until um, April 1st, we'll have the Omega Luke podcast. Um, Tuesdays, you have my show, Keeping It Strong Style, uh, me and the young boy covering New Japan. On Wednesdays, you have Ricky and Clive. And on Thursdays, we have Grown Men Watch This Shit covering independent wrestling. Um, and then you're listening to our Friday show, NXT Then, Now, and Forever. And then on Saturday, we have All Things Elite with uh, Floyd Johnson Jr. covering um, AEW. Yeah, man. So I was going to actually like uh, let you off the line, and I was going to come back and do all of that um, as far as the, the lineup. But since you want to do it, go ahead. Like, do you also <laughs> want to plug Super? Uh, since you're here, you also want to plug uh, Suplex Mania? Oh yeah. So um, April seventh, uh, we'll be in New York, and we'll be hosting our first ever live podcast event called Suplex Mania at the original Hooters, right across from Madison Square Garden. Um, it's going to be starting at 5 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be doing a live podcast and some giveaway stuff. Um, and then at 7, we'll be streaming WrestleMania at the restaurant. Uh, so come out if you're in the New York area and you are not going to WrestleMania like us, uh, but you still want to watch it, come on down and um, you know have some wings with us, some drinks. So we'll be some um, pitcher specials and uh, bucket specials on beer. Come on out. Um, you know We're working on trying to get some other guests. You know We have a lot of relationships with other podcast networks and other wrestlers. So you never know who might end up showing up, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a great time and hopefully we can pull off a great event because um, WrestleMania next year will be in our home city of Tampa, Florida. And we would definitely love to do uh suplex mania too here. So come yeah, on out definitely. and support. Um, and I will be spending the rest of my year trying to campaign to get Kyrie Sane on to the main roster for WrestleMania uh, 36 so that we can fulfill um, the prophecy that is <laughs> Kyrie Sane walking the plank with its with the Buccaneers pirate ship, Arg Mady, all of that. Um, I, I think I might actually, if I know that she's going to be in that, I think I would actually attend a WrestleMania to see that. Uh, yeah, but... Um, do you That'd think be, that do you think Shane McMahon's gonna try and jump off the pirate ship? I don't know. We we gotta keep we gotta like stop taking for granted that that Shane McMahon's gonna be alive every every like WrestleMania. Like eventually he's gonna jump off some and he ain't gonna get up and keep we keep it up at this rate. Yeah. Yeah, he must stop. He must stop. Uh but yeah, that'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Later. <laughs> <laughs>